0: lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast with Lance and Randall. <laughs>
1: there we go. Uh, there we go. Hello
0: and welcome to episode 9 of the podcast. We have a very special guest which we'll get to very soon. His name is Kurt Sandoval. If you've heard of the name before, you're you're one of the many. He is uh, a local and national and everything sports reporter. Uh, and he has a son that's in the sport, and uh, that son plays goalie, and uh, he couldn't do it much better, and uh, we brought him in to give us a little bit of a goalie one-on-one kind of uh, talk here at uh, the Hockey Podcast. Uh, So, uh, uh, Kurt, how are you doing?
1: I'm fantastic, guys. Great to be on your show. Looking forward to uh, sharing a little uh, goalie dad wisdom or lack thereof.
0: Listen to that, because he knows so much, but he already is outclassing us. You know <laughs> he kind of dipped into that mellow, hello and welcome to, yeah, oh God, <laughs> I wish I could do that. Anyway, uh, so off the top, uh, we always ask Lance things, and I, I know this isn't fair because we got you on the line, but Lance, could you talk a little bit about the goalies at Shattuck uh, before we get to all of our questions for uh, young Kirk Sandoval? Uh,
2: well, sure, hey, there were two things about the goalies at Shattuck that struck me as number one. And how driven and committed they were, as were all the other players on the team. But number two, which would probably lead me into a question for Kurt, is that I always noticed, I don't know why, but it seemed like there was always like two groups of people on our teams. And there was the skaters and then the goalies. And, and it seemed like the goalies were kind of in their own little world, as were the goalie dads. And I'm just wondering what always drove that, that they just seemed to be, in a different stratosphere as us and just kind of approached the game differently, thought about the game differently. Um I know the goalies on, on John and Chris's team always amused them as being different species to them somehow.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh you know, from as long as I can remember, there's only one word to describe a goalie. Quirky. They're quirky. And my son by nature is an introvert and, and he's ADHD. And so playing hockey is really good for his brain, but it doesn't surprise me at all that an introvert who's ADHD and is incredibly quirky is a goalie because let's face it. Why in God's green earth would you want to put pads on and have someone fire a piece of rubber at you? <laughs> you <laughs> exactly. gotta be a little, well, you gotta be a little quirky.
0: Well, and, and also, you, you got to be uh, focused. I mean, if you're saying that the kid is like detail oriented, there's no better position for detail oriented uh, out there. Maybe major league pitcher is like that, but goalie has got to know everything about every move that he's going to make.
1: Yeah, you know, it's in some ways, and I cover sports for a living, and it's similar, but it's also very different. In football, the quarterback touches the ball every play. He's the only one who touches it every play. Unless Goalie, you're playing
0: with Terrell Owens. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to correct you there. If you're playing with Terrell Owens oh, – I'm oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: But the goal is very similar in terms of there's no shifts. You, you know, by and large, you play a game or you don't play at all. And so – which is good and bad. And, and it's part of the incredible uniqueness of the sport. Have you uh, ever
0: run up against – because Lance didn't say this about the Shattuck goalies, but I remember Lance talking about, like, size. If your kid's not tall, uh, he can get left behind in the, in the appraisal period. Uh, isn't that what you said about Shattuck, my friend,
2: or am I, am I putting words into your mouth? Well, you know what? I, I wouldn't uh, say Shattuck. I would say um, everywhere, every, every team right. that I've ever played on. Uh, it always seems to be that they navigate, especially in the critical games, to the bigger kid. And uh, sometimes on some of the teams I played on, the bigger kid wasn't the better goalie, but they just felt more comfortable with the bigger guy filling up that net.
1: And, and you know, it's interesting you say that because as your kid develops, and and my son's seventeen, and I'm five foot eleven, but Trevor's now six foot one. But he, he hit his growth spurt right around 14, 15. So when he was younger, I mean, none of those kids could cover the pipes and weren't that athletic. The, the big thing I think now is, and so when they're younger, they always went with the bigger goalie. But now um, it's really two things that I notice is they really love the athletic goalie. The ath- you know, the goalie <laughs> that not only just has a huge wingspan, but obviously that can go side to side with incredible, you know, speed and quickness, which is a technique sport. But here's the thing I've noticed is if the head coach is picking the goalie or do they have a goalie coach picking the goalie at, at the younger levels? Oh, that's and interesting. Like, I, I didn't that, even that, know that that happened. Well, that's, that's a big deal. That's why, like, as we tape this out here in Southern California – you know, it, at the fourteen-year-old level, the one of the big programs is the Burbank Bears, and they're always ranked nationally. They have a goalie coach, and I've just noticed this as you go along. Um, there's things that you just don't do, and I saw a a prep program that Trevor played with over a tournament, and one time the coach played a goalie in back-to-back games in a tournament. And a, a goalie coach, that's like a cardinal sin. Um, you just you – just, that would be the equivalent of your skater skates every shift. And so you just realize, okay, that coach doesn't understand the position. Um, so there's things like that that are fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, I, I – uh, now, when – did you ever have a goalie coach pick the – I mean, did he pick – Who was in the pipes for every game or did did the head coach do it?
1: So it it depends on what level you're playing. And the older you get, you know, the, the less there is. In the club world, there's kind of this philosophy that you're paid to play. So they split time. And if you go to a tournament and let's just say you play, you know, three games and then or four games rather, and then who gets the fifth game? Let's say the fifth game is the playoff championship. It's whoever had the better game. It's it's not, you know, who are there. There's also situations where they're very even. So it's it's tough to call, and one's hot and one's cold. We've been on situations where, you know, Trevor's clearly the better guy. The, the other guy is either smaller, a year long, younger, less experienced, so he gets more playing time. And, and then you have the others where you, they're just going to split no matter how good nor, or bad, but as the older you get, obviously that diminishes and they're just going to play who's ever better and, and whoever puts in more hard work.
2: Well, you know, I, uh, that leads me to a question for you. Um, uh, actually, a couple of questions. The first question is, you know, John and Chris are just getting off a team where um, the – uh, the mom of of our goalie didn't go to one game and she couldn't yeah. she said she couldn't handle the stress and the pressure of, of the son being back there because you know as a forward sometimes you make a mistake no one even notices it's his right. fault or a defenseman but the goalie is always there so i'm just curious have you developed any techniques or any any type of advice you have for people on how to manage that stress because like this mom she she just can't manage it. She does. She she just prefer not to be there. Hear about it later. Perhaps a pharmaceutical regimen. I'd like to share <laughs> with some of our
1: with some of our friends. Well, that you guys. You know, I I know you guys pretty well. That's that's what the beer between intermission is all about. Um, all, all kidding aside. You know, I have a little bit of a different stance that I try to portray, and, and I'll say I'm also guilty of not doing this, but I, I minored in exercise physiology, and I've always been fascinated by the mental, emotional side of sports, because you really can't measure it like a statistic. And for my son, we preach uh, as a family on don't let the scoreboard dictate your success. He's played games where he's won and played average. He's played games where they've lost, and he was standing on his head. So knowing that coming in is one thing. Number two is the old cliche that success is when you have you know, preparation meets opportunity. So did you prepare all week? Did you prepare emotionally? Did you eat right? So the worst game, and, and look what the brain does. It goes to the worst game Trevor's ever played. And the worst game he ever played, we're at a tournament. And I think this was when he was 16. And I had the flu. And I went to bed, you know, like at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. And he stayed up looking on his phone all night. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I woke up at like 1 o'clock in the morning. He's still up playing on his phone. I'm like, dude we got the, we got the eight a game, 8am game. He's like, I'll be fine. And he wasn't fine. And he was horrible. And so I've always used that as the, you know, classic example of you got to coach yourself. And so, you know, for me, that's the part where I just, I'm tougher on him at practice than I am the games. And a lot of that is because of what I do for a living. I, I studied John Wooden a lot and John Wooden just always talks about, you never coach at a game you coach during practice and the game is the game and you learn from it. And with today's, you know, cell phones and Trevor's not a huge video guy, but he loves, he loves to see himself making saves on video. So when he, when he gets a good one, he'll replay it. And I think all kids are that way. They love seeing the video. So that's the other thing. And just, I would tell that mom, you know what you, you're if he has a bad day and this is and and it was actually a baseball coach who told me this. And, and and when I say a baseball coach, it was a pro baseball coach who told me this. And I've just applied this to being a goalie dad. And he's like, you think that kid tried to make a mistake there? Of course not. You know, he of course not. So that's hard to do. And you get caught up in the emotion and. And I've been guilty of that, shoot, one time we were playing in Valencia against his former team, and, and the guy keeping you know, track of shots on goals was snoozing and playing on his phone. And, and I'm ready to go have a conversation with him you know, about a stupid 14-year-old hockey goalie stat. But, um,
0: you, well, you just, I, think, I think it's a great point you bring up uh, about like, not coaching during the game or right after the game. That game gives them enough lessons already. Uh, they yep. don't need to have much stacked on their shoulders afterwards. They've got enough, even if it's good. By the way, good yep. and bad. Uh, they've got glory or, or 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 whatever the opposite of glory is stacked upon them,
1: and uh, and and there's not
0: much you can actually get through at that point. So I, I think well, that's a great
1: point from that. Uh, it, from that. Perspective. And you know the the thing, one thing, whether you're a goalie dad or or just a hockey dad or just a dad of sports. You know, the, the one thing that I feel is I would love to share with your audience is something that um, Pete Carroll back in the day when he was coaching USC, and he said, and I, I really learned this the hard way with Trevor, and I asked him, how do you know when to yell at a player or when to hug a player? Because players will react. Some, some players need to be yelled at and perform better when they're yelled at. Some players will shut down when you yell at them. And they said, well, and Pete Carroll said, that's why the recruiting process is critical because you're in the home. So I bring that up and it was just last year and we were going in in Trevor's playing 16U with Pasadena, not with Pasadena, with Simi Valley. and, uh, And we're in the playoffs and I felt he wasn't focused walking onto the ice. He was just a little too laid back, quirky, what shall I say? And I kind of jumped out and I was like, hey, hey, let's, let's get focused up here, you know? And I walked. And after the game, he told me, he's like, hey dad, don't ever do that. And he's like, and I said, did that? Did I embarrass you? And he goes, no. He goes, that's how I, I, I need to be kind of joking around and loose. And so some kids have to have laser focus. My son wants to be dancing and that keeps him loose. And so the point being is you've got to know what is your kid, and and again, as a parent, you've got to know this before. The game is the game, and you have to go into it with your son or your daughter, and you have to say, hey, win or lose, all I care is, you know, just you're Christian, honor God with your performance, scoreboard doesn't matter, you know? Now that's easy to say, but everybody knows the scoreboard matters. but. It's really more about the effort and, and that you know, hey, when you come out of this game, win or lose, let's just let's talk about it tomorrow. And because I've just read too much that kids don't like when their parents, especially when they become teenagers, they don't like that when parents do that.
0: I've never noticed my own son cringing and uh, backing away from me as I try to talk to him, uh, Kurt. I, I've, never, I've never had that experience with my teenager at all. Maybe you could expound them. Oh, no, no. I think I can figure it out. Yeah, no. I've had that happen just a couple of times. Not even related to hockey, by the way. But, right? Yeah, exactly. But
2: if there's, you know, he touched on a great point beyond even a goalie dad that I've heard people be critical of uh, over the last few years is, is just knowing, like you said, you know, I don't know that coaches at the youth level are doing a good enough job of knowing the player and what drives him because like you said, That's a great point. That's uh, exactly right. Both of you. Yeah. Like every coach I've ever had, like the last four or five years is very, very uniform, very consistent in his approach. And like you said, I remember in one game coach came out and he was yelling at the kids and getting on them. And I just know from, from years past and coaches that we've played for that my sons don't get phased by that and they can receive the message and they don't take it personally, and they don't get upset. But several parents were like, "Hey, you know, Coach is yelling at my kid. He shut down completely and couldn't play the rest of the game after that." And you know, the coaches probably need to do a better job. Know who your audience is. My kid, my kid is lovingly oblivious.
0: Like I'll like watch him in the locker room, and like I'll open up the locker room door, and I'll see like the coach shouting at him. You blah blah blah. You didn't. You what the hell? Blah, blah, and I'll like and like and then he'll move on to another kid, and then the kid will come out of the locker room, and I'll be like. Uh, so, buddy, did did he say anything bad? He go, Oh no, no, he he loved the way I played, Dad. <laughs> that's that's. And I'll great. be like, well, well, didn't he? say, Because I mean, I just heard a couple things. Didn't he say any? No, nothing bad about me, Dad. It was all he pretty much. Me. He loves me. He is. Uh, you should see. I almost felt embarrassed. He, uh, you know, I'm like, Okay, buddy. <laughs> so you know,
2: <laughs> you know hey, Yelling, kid, yelling, obviously does not work with my son. Uh, Chris has even gone so far as to say to me, like. Hey, no, 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 Dad. That was meant for someone else. Yeah, but exactly. Might, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The coach Leslie. Oh, that was meant for someone else just because you wanted to make a point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he he might have like given me a little bit of grief just to show that he'd call out his favorite. You know what I mean?
1: Because that's right. what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I it's funny. Uh I I've always be, now let me just say, I, I've covered sports for 30 years. I've seen a lot of sports. But it's really important for me to say, I didn't play hockey. I, I played, yeah. I was the football, baseball, basketball kid. I've covered, you football, know. Football, baseball here. And and I've covered three Stanley Cups. I've covered a lot of playoffs. I've covered a lot of practices. I understand the culture, but I didn't play. And that has been a, an issue of with Trevor and I. And, and what makes me laugh about it is, you know, one time he's playing with his Bakersfield buddies, and Bakersfield has this reputation as they're always fighting. They're always John, and he got caught into that. and And at the end, he's as a goalie, and and he's an introvert to begin with. He's never jotted someone, and he's he's John at him. And at the end, he he puts up like they win a close game. And, I, and he kind of does this circle, and I think he's putting up one finger like we're number one, that they won. And he kind of does a pirouette circle before everybody jumps on him, and they won by one goal. And I was like, wow, you, were, you guys were – it was getting intense there at the end. And, and I said, I've never seen you put up, you know, we're number one. And he's like, we're number one. What, 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 what were you doing at that? And He goes, oh, no, Dad. I was putting up an L for those guys, a bunch of losers. And I'm like, no, you will (laughs) never do that. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's just – and that's what I love about sports is – these are just life lessons at the end. I thought he was going
2: for a different I thing. thought you were going for something different, too. <laughs>
1: the I other was, finger? <laughs> yes, I
0: was 100% sure that, uh, that, you know, goalies are known for being quirky, right? Uh, so right. I thought there might be a little quirk there. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Okay, let me ask you uh, a couple things you know, uh, uh, about, uh, as a goalie dad, what are some of the best drills you've seen with your kid starting from when he started out as an in-house goalie? All, what did the coaches do that you thought really hooked him into the sport?
1: Well, the, the biggest one is, you know, just repetition, repetition. And goal, you know, I don't watch a – it's kind of sad. I don't watch hockey the way I used to. I now watch it for I, – I stare at the goalie and then the puck. And what I mean by that is 90% of goalie is correct positioning. And when the puck is in this zone, where should the goalie be? It's why here in Los Angeles, when you watch Jonathan Quick, he's completely out of position a lot of times because he uses his athleticism and his quickness. So learning that was really good. And then as he developed, um, there was a goalie coach who's exceptional out at Simi Valley, just an exceptional teacher. And he would use video and he would put, He's the one goalie coach. Now, he was a little bit more expensive, but what you were paying for was someone else to shoot the puck so he could watch Trevor's uh, positioning. And what he caught was another guy was shooting the puck and Trevor had to play the rebound. Well, these kids have taken so many shots, what they do is they start guessing. Mm -hmm. So he was the guy who caught Trevor with his eyes. Now, you just think about the mechanics. If I throw you a baseball, I really can't, and you throw it back to me, I really can't watch your throwing mechanics because I got to be watching that ball to catch it. So it's very similar if you're a goalie coach and you're shooting the puck, how much, you know, it's harder to notice from the side angle, where is he, is he in the right position, is his stick down, and all these other things. So that's what this goalie coach and Simi was doing. And what he noticed is Trevor was cheating and he was guessing. And he really reinforced with this drill, read the blade. That these kids, as they get older, I mean, both your kids are exceptional players. And, but Trevor's played with both of them. So a lot of goaling, especially if there's a breakaway and he's seeing your kids, he might know, oh, this is their shot. They do this, and so what he guesses. Well, the coach is like, stop guessing, read the blade. All that matters is your body position to his shoulders of the skater. Read the blade, read the blade, read the blade, and and then there's another whole element of the mental emotional coaching, and and very few coaches up until sixteen do much of that. So the ones that do um, are sensational.
2: Well, let me ask you a question here. So, I'm, an, I'm new to hockey. My son's seven, eight years old, wants to play goalie. Like, um, I mean, there's so many different elements to goaltender. Like, like it just, do I want my son to be a butterfly goalie, a stand-up goalie? How do you figure that stuff out as a new dad?
1: You know, and, and Lance, I didn't figure that out until Trevor was older. All, the biggest thing is, does he want to do it? And the first thing, as soon as you said it and I started to smile, my first thing is, do you have a house and have you thought about a second mortgage? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so expensive. And, and uh, you know, and really better than me is Drew Doughty, who said when he was growing up, that's what his parents told him when he got 15. is like, hey, we're going to need to take a second mortgage. And we have no problem doing it as long as you love it. And that's right. where where my son at at 15 really 16 we noticed he really likes hockey but he's not that guy at shattuck he's not the shattuck goalie who's gonna go man whatever it takes to to get to call i mean you know all he wasn't that and and that's okay so that's one thing and then the the second part that i learned so there was this a different goalie coach at a different rink who i loved i loved him i loved his mental approach i loved he would set video cameras up i loved him trevor wasn't his biggest fan because he was kind of forcing his style on trevor and it was square peg round holes so it's just a communication with your with your son or daughter what they like